Welcome to Confabulation, the podcast. I'm Matt Goldberg, and these are stories, true as we can tell them. In the Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Goldberg. And I'm Deb Vanslet. Welcome to another podcast. We are thrilled to be back and actually thrilled to be talking to one another. Deb, it's been a couple of weeks. We've been, uh, we've been chatting with other people. Yes, we have. We've been, we've been widening our social circle. Which is uh, something we're doing both as, as real people as well as podcasters. How's that, how's that been going for you? Well, as far as widening my social world, I've spent most of the summer up north on on a small farm. So, you know, coming back to the city, which I now I'm back here and I'm I'm getting my my city work brain on. Well, normally we call it the rentrée, you know, where where we go back to school, back to work, back inside. And this year, of course, it has a whole different ring to it i i i mean it's it's crazy to think that it's been this long that we've been in this situation and i i think it's the most frustrating thing is the uneven work that has been done whether it's by workplaces or governments to prepare for this for for us to walk back inside i feel like there's this barely concealed rage that i i mean i certainly see it in social media uh, everyone's very polite when you run into them on the street, but it does feel like this is not the relaxed fall that I'm used to seeing you know, by any stretch of the imagination. That's for sure. And part of the, the, the rentrée is also about social events and uh, openings and, uh, and cultural events, which is the domain that I'm in. I work for an artist-run center, so um, the meeting for us was about a show that we're having with the three galleries in the building and how we're going to do it. And we are going to do it. It's going to be live. There will be actual people. But, oh, my God, the organization um, to just sort of manage people, online booking systems and stuff. Uh, you know, it's 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 an interesting moment. It's a, an extremely fatiguing moment. We've got to adapt everything, and it's a lot of work. Well, to say, I mean, Confabulation in a fall will normally do, in Montreal at least, five, five or six events between September and, uh, and the new year. Uh, Victoria will do four or five as well. Um, and this year we're, we're looking to do two events online just because of the, the work that's required and the energy that's required. And it's, it's just not what we normally do. I don't know if that's too much of a tease to lay in the podcast, but we are still going to be doing cultural work. We are still going to be sharing new stories, but um, we're all adapting to this to this reality, this new phase. I feel like every six weeks you have to adapt a new strategy, a new approach. Well, yesterday I went to my first work meeting in person mm. that wasn't on Zoom, and I guess just the normalizing of entering a building using the disinfectant and putting on your mask to go to work. Now, I have done that obviously going into stores, but going to work, a building that I'm very familiar with, and doing that with people I'm familiar with, you got to get over the weirdness pretty quickly and move into the adaptation strategy. And because I've been up in the country most of the time, that's taking a minute to just, uh, oh yeah, okay, right. I'm in the city with people. It's dense. How about you? Well, we uh, we just got a puppy. So that's, I am part of the pandemic puppy uh, movement. 
we have a Bernadoodle named Hazel, and she's out on a walk right now, or you definitely hear her. Uh, she's not a big barker, but um, as we've established on this podcast, I'm, I'm recording from my closet. She would be curious. She would, uh, she would be all up in my face right now. <laughs> What's going on? Um, she's pretty awesome. And I've got to say, the one thing that I'm looking forward to... <sighs> it's getting very complicated with picking up kids from school in this uh, situation and the idea of walking a dog to go pick up my daughter from, from her first week of grade two. Um, there's something just so normal about coming with a dog. Like I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to that pickup and like the classic uh, dog jumping up, trying to lick her all over her face. Okay. She's got a mask on. So I'm going to take that off at some point, but um I am looking for homey comfort in this phase of pandemic because I really don't know what the fall is going to be like. Oh, I'm really happy for you. This sounds like exactly the perfect thing for your for you and your family to just have a little, what'd you call it, a Bernadoodle? It is a Bernadoodle. Part Bernese Mountain Dog, part Poodle. Who thought of that hybrid? I don't know. <laughs> I, maybe it's one of those beautiful accidents, but it's... Uh, I highly recommend if you are at home right now, stressed out because you've got another Zoom meeting coming up in five minutes, having a dog just like sleeping beside you while you have your Zoom meeting, it just reduces the stress by like 60%. Wow, that's a high percentage. Yeah. That's That's that's, pretty good. That's pretty good. (laughs) It's science. Okay. Science, folks. I'm an English teacher. You can trust me. (laughs) You know what? We should get to our story. Ellie Varvero. She's part of the Confabulation family. She's the communications coordinator. But today we will feature her story from October 2018. Awakening was the theme. It was at the Phi Center. And then after the story, I'll be checking in with her by phone. So here is Ellie. So I have, um, I have the most amazing friend. Uh, she lives all the way in Toronto. Uh, but we, um, we talk whenever we can and however we can. Um, to give you an idea, she's like... She gave me as a gift this like beautiful mug with this like delicate floral pattern on it. Except when you look really close at the flowers, they're actually penises. Um, she's the friend that I call when I've had like a really bad day um, because I know that as soon as she's like, "Hey, what's up?" and I say, "I hate everybody today," she'll like immediately respond with like, "I know everybody sucks." Like, geez. So we've just like supported each other through so many different things, um, like usually with wine. Um, so when she started dating somebody new, um, like late last year, I really, really wanted to be happy for her. But our calls kind of like switched up to just text, and and even then there were so many alarm bells going off about what she was telling me about him. Like he was really supportive. Um, until he was needy, uh, and and he was really caring with her, um, but then he just had these mood swings, and he was kind, until until he was angry, and then he was talking about killing himself, and then he was talking about killing both of them, and and when she shared that last piece of information with me, um, you know that saying like your blood ran cold. Well, for me, it was like my blood was just like boiling. Um, so like they'd had this fight and he'd exploded at her and he'd stormed out of their shared apartment and she'd messaged me like, what the hell do I do with this? 
because you just had enough at this point. And like my heart is just pounding. It's all I can hear. And it, it feels like my skin is on fire. Um, and like, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to write to her. And frankly, all I want to do is hide under the covers and just make this not be real. And then I get mad. I get very angry, like on a deep cellular level. I'm so angry that I, I can hardly even see straight, like physically can't even see straight. Um, and I write, um, leave, call the police. Uh, I'm afraid that he's actually going to kill you. And then I sent that message. So it was her vocalizing this shit that he was saying. And then it was me reflecting that fear back at her that made this real. And it was like, no going back. Okay, so now we went to work. Um, so we're messaging people that we know, trying to come up with a plan to keep her safe. But there's like all these weird, weird things that kind of get in the way. Like she doesn't want to get on the phone to talk because she's afraid he's going to come back and overhear what she's saying. Um, and she can't lock him out because he took his key with him. Um, she's not sure if she should leave the apartment because she has pets to take care of. And it's so late at night at this point, like she's not even sure where she would go. I'm, I'm 500 kilometers away from her, staring at my phone, and I'm just, I'm just hoping to get another text from her. So, eventually, okay, we, find, we make a plan. She hooks up with another friend. She stays with that friend for the night. She texts me once she's there to say, I'm safe here, good night, we're all fine, and I'm just, Relieved, yes. I'm just like very relieved. Um, but it's, it's short-lived because this is tonight, and now what about tomorrow? What about next week? You know, he knows where she lives, and she, he knows where she works, and he's still pissed off. So I start to go over my own options. I think, like, who do I know in Toronto who could go, like, teach this guy a lesson? <laughs> the answer is nobody. All my friends are hipsters. They have no muscle mass. <laughs> And I think, well, he's tiny, like I could take him, so I'll just drive up to Toronto and be her bodyguard for like a week or something. No, I'll take her back to Montreal with me, like away from her job, her social network, like super practical choice. I think, oh, I, I'll get the police involved because there should be a record of this. But, you know, paperwork, it doesn't protect anybody in the moment. And what if it just makes him angrier? There are no options that keep you safe today and next week and next month. So I did the only thing I could think to do, which, well, I flipped open my laptop and I Googled witchcraft. <laughs> Listen, I've never done a spell, not even during my like um, brief but enthusiastic goth phase. Um, but it doesn't matter because I have the internet on my side, right? And after very minimal research, I decide that a binding spell will do the trick. So for all of you non-witches, uh, a binding spell is when you, essentially you ask the universe to prevent someone from harming themselves or from harming others. Um, so first thing I need, I need a black candle. I don't have a black candle. I have tea lights from Ikea. 
Cool. Next is a black string. Don't have black string either. I have this fabric though that I'm never gonna use. Uh, it's leopard print and hot print, but I, it, it's fine, it'll work. Next I have to do is essentially you write the, person's, the name of the person who needs binding on a piece of cardboard, and then you wrap that cardboard with your string slash hot pink fabric um, while you say, you will do no harm to yourself, you will do no harm to others, you will do no harm to yourself, no harm to, harm to others. So I light my tea lights, and I start rapping and I start chanting, you will do no harm to her, you will do no harm to yourself, you will not harm her, over and over and over again until I'm out of fabric. And I'm just left with this like weird, creepy little pink bundle. And I get to the end of the spell and I realize that like, oh shit, there's another step, which was I'm supposed to place my creepy bundle on uh, my altar, don't have that, uh, or I'm supposed to bury it, which is difficult when you live in a three-story walk up and it's two o'clock in the morning. Um, so, Next day, I'm in the middle of the park with like a bundle of nightmares in my purse, trying really hard to figure out how the heck you bury something discreetly on, like, on this like gorgeous, bright, sunny afternoon. Um, and obviously, I didn't bring anything to dig with either, because um, so I just find a spot that looks soft on the ground, I guess, and plunge my hand into the dirt. And like, I, I feel like everybody's looking at me, like even the squirrels are giving me side eye. And I'm just digging, digging until my witchy little bundle is tucked safely into the ground. And uh, so this all happened like a couple months ago and he never hurt her. She changed those locks and the, the pets are fine. Um, but it was even just in writing this story that I realized or that I confronted just like, how angry I still am that this happened. Um, and the thing is, is that it, it could still happen, right? And, and that, it makes me furious. Like, this happens so often. It happens every damn day. And I don't know what to do with this anger. I don't know how to keep everybody safe. I, I mean, I, I can't. Um... Still, a couple weeks ago, full moon. <laughs> Put on some Stevie Nicks. <laughs> I lit my knotback candle, and I asked, uh, I asked the universe to keep on protecting my friend. Thank you. Ellie, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, it's a quiet weekend here in my apartment, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, the COVID world, the COVID world is, it's, it's turning into, it's turning into the, you know, fall approaching and the rentrée, as we call it, and all that stuff, and uh, back to work and back to school and back inside. So how was that looking for you? Yeah, I mean, everything kind of has been on a, a pretty steady stream for the last couple months. I, I've been working from home consistently and not really going out much. So fall is my favorite season though. So maybe maybe this is now my time to like go out and about in the world <laughs> with yeah. a mask, obviously. Yeah. So so 
in terms of uh, affecting your creative and your work life, it's um, you had a lot of work. Like you just you worked pretty constantly through the pandemic. Would you say? Yeah, yeah. Um, my I was lucky that my job was supported by the government salary subsidies. So I think it's kind of important that people know um, like how helpful that has been. Um, and I know I'm lucky that I got that, but it's been energy wise, very draining. Uh, I feel like I don't have half the energy that I did before, um, this whole thing started. So, um, it's, it's weird. Some things are very, very much the same. And then there's just some very weird, stark differences. Like I just need to nap more. <laughs> Mm. Um, yeah, and just be really careful with my energy, just like really conserving what I do and what I don't do, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think at this point now, months into the pandemic, there's a fair bit written about the how exhausting it is to actually sit and stare at a computer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's real. Yeah. Yeah. And just like this sort of anxiety general worry that I had long before this ever started of just generally worrying about everything. Um, I think uh, that has like actual legs now. So um, there's like just a a general maintenance around your mental health that has just been really amped up, um, you know? Yeah. 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 I hear you. That's, that's very well put actually. Speaking of, you know, we did just listen to your story from October 2018. It was part of the Awakenings show at the Phi Center. And, um, well, I'm wondering, have you revisited the story? Do you sometimes tell it to friends? Yeah, I mean, I told the friend in question as it was happening. Like, <laughs> I actually unearthed some text messages from that time when I told when I told her about it and she thought it was hilarious and it made her feel better. So I guess that's important, but yeah, we've definitely talked about it since then. We kind of laugh about it, but um, like re-listening to my story, first of all, I was such a baby storyteller and like, I'm I'm a little embarrassed by how awkward some parts of that story are, (laughs) but like, um, you know, re-listening to it, I was reminded like how scary, how scary that situation was and how scary, how scared we were, you know? Yeah. Um, and so we've, de- we've definitely talked about it since then. Like, it seems like a, it's a bit of a, the story of the, the, the spell part is a bit of a joke, but the, you know, the trauma from that relationship is still very real. Well, that's, that's it. You know, the, the, the story is, it's, it's poignant, you know, because there's um, anger in, in, in you, in the way that you're, telling it I mean and then we you do bring some humor into it for sure which is uh, you know a strategy for mitigating anger of course uh, but nonetheless like at the the very end of the story too you know where yeah it seems like she's going to be okay but your anger is palpable yeah and it's something that I, I still I it's a conversation I still have um, it's, it's an anger that, that's still there that's for sure yeah, yeah, because you know, in a way, your 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 story is about an individual case. Let's put it that way. But of course, the the issue of uh, of abuse and and um, just like domestic violence is 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 real. And 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 I mean, in terms of the um, pandemic 
especially in March and April when people were inside, that was definitely given some airtime in terms of being at home is a very different experience for people who are suffering abuse. Exactly. And it's something, I know the domestic violence numbers went way up in that time. They were already high in Canada and uh, and they, they went even higher during that time because you're, you're locked in a stressful situation with someone who can't, who blames you for all their stress. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's something that I, it's still on my mind. I think it's not even the violence, it's the potential for violence. Um, and especially in her case, you know, he wasn't violent with her. It was with words and with this um, explosion of emotion, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's this potential that a lot of people um, a lot of women and a lot of men also have to navigate in their in their partnerships, and I think I still um, struggle with how little uh, support our society in the way that it's structured now um, actually offers to people in that situation. Right? You know, I mentioned in the story about the police how. Um, uh, <laughs> there's an instinct to reach out to them and then a realization that uh, uh, how that might be too complicated. And I think especially in the last couple of months, a lot of people now realize why um, the police can be problematic um, Mm -hmm. in these situations. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Was there something cathartic for your friend about listening to your story or at least between the two of you to be able to talk about it and in fact make it public yeah I mean she this I mean it's not a secret for her it's it's not something that she hid from anybody um our whole friend circle uh knows well knew what was going on live at the time and and knows now still about the story and um Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she thought it was hilarious. Honestly, she it was just like, "All right, this sounds great. Like you do you." Um, but uh, yeah, I think cathartic is an inter- is an interesting word for it. I think there's just like you'll just take whatever comfort you can get, you know, um, in a time yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 Is there a story, literary, filmic? Um, music that you think people would like to absorb right now? In other words, has there been something that's that's um, that it, that's inspired you, motivated you, given you strength? I guess during you know most of this year now, because you know it's it's like September, and most of this of twenty twenty has been pandemic. Yeah, I um, yeah, I mean it's hard to. Th- think I've been consuming so much media it feels like I've been really catching up on all kinds of movies that I just didn't have time to sit with or watch um so it's hard to it's hard for me to pick just one for people everyone has their everyone has their vibe I I love horror movies and I find them comforting so I don't know if my advice about media will be the best for everybody Cathartic is the word. It's cathartic, yeah. But um, I recently rewatched the the Suspiria remake um, that came out a couple of years ago with Tilda Swinton and Dakota Johnson. 
and it is such a poignant movie. It is so creepy. It is so moving and terrifying all at the same time. And I feel like a lot of, um, it's a film that grapples with uh, memory and the importance of remembering versus um, sometimes the need to forget. And uh, I think it's, it rings very true watching it now, but I'm not sure if it's going to be cathartic for, for everybody, let's say. <laughs> no, well, listen, everybody has their version of cathartic. That's, that's exactly. True. And I like mine to be, you know, filled with blood and witches. I don't know what to say. <laughs> right, right, right. Take it further. Take it far. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, you know, is if 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 you could cast a spell now, what would what would the spell be? <laughs> uh, oh gosh, um, <laughs> it's so funny to listen to this story. I now know I actually know so much more about witchcraft and the the, the cultural history of witchcraft. And hmm. the more that you learn, the more you learn. You don't know anything at all, and don't try things that you don't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I do, I, you know, if I could do one thing, I think it would just be for people to um, feel safe and confident in, uh, in their own truth, in their own, um, in their own essence, I guess, for lack of a better word, um, uh-huh. just to, to own your power, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. I hope so. So you've been communications coordinator for Confabulation for a little while now, and you're gonna you're gonna leave the Confab family for a bit. Take yeah, a break. I'm t- taking a break. Um, you know, again with the energy, uh, the energy conservation, I I have very limited. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, it's hard. It's hard to explain because I really enjoyed so much working with all you guys, and I just need to. Uh, take a step back and, uh, and work on a couple personal projects. And hopefully in a few months, um, I can work on it with you guys on some new projects. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're part of the family. Oh, thank you. It's so yeah, much fun sure. <laughs> promoting your stuff. Also like the confabs, um, the live events were always like, uh, you know, you just have this like these fantastic people, and so your job's kind of easy. It's like just come see the show. There's gonna be a bunch of great people. Um, you know, yeah. it's it's easy for a marketer to just be like, it's a great product. <laughs> come see it. It's a great product. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it will be again. It will be again. Um, this, of course, the rentrée, the fall for confabulation is. Um, not what it usually is, but it's it's like that for absolutely everybody. So we're we're just all adapting to this right now, and um, um, and and we of course, and we will see each other live again. Um, but I guess there's a lot to learn in this period. There just is. Yeah, a lot of learning about yourself, about what you can accomplish, um, and and knowing like what your yeah, I guess what your capabilities are, both like not just with working, but um, emotionally, spiritually, um, you know, focusing on being a good friend, being a good sister or daughter or mom right now is really important work, I think. And if, if that's all you have time to do, then it's still really, really valuable. You know? Oh, very nicely said, Ellie. That's so, so true. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
Well, thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And uh, we'll be in touch. I'll see you soon. Let's just say that. I'll see you soon. Let's just say that. And until then, take it easy. Yeah, you too. Thank you, Ellie. Thank you, Deb. I'm, uh, you know, Ellie is taking a little break from her role as communications coordinator, but uh, I know she'll be back with our family soon because, I mean, I just think about the, she's one of those people who started out taking one of our workshops with StoryLab, told stories on the show, got involved as a producer, got involved as communications coordinator. I'm going to miss having her for every single meeting. I'm just going to have to keep inviting her to these things. We love you so much, Ellie. Thank you for all your work. And on that note, actually, Deb, thank you for your, all your work on this podcast. Uh, you and Stephen have been producing this since we came back for this season. It takes a village. It takes a team to raise, you know, <laughs> to raise a podcast. <laughs> That's what they say. Raise a podcast. No, for I sure. Love it. For sure. We all, we all have different skills and you, and you bring yours to the podcast as well. So thank you for your work on the podcast, Matt. It is a pleasure doing this with you. Well, in fact, this show is the the last show of season three yeah we are going to take a little break we're going to regroup we're going to be back in october with more stories more interviews uh and new approaches to this podcast and to storytelling in general now's a great time to uh get in touch with us if you have any questions suggestions comments you can always email us at confabulation at confabulation.ca this is also a good time to catch up with us and catch up with our storytellers by uh, by having a scroll through season three and here's to many more new exciting adventures take care everybody bye now thanks so much for listening to confabulation we're a nonprofit dedicated to the art of true life storytelling we run monthly autobiographical storytelling shows in montreal and victoria you can learn more about the show and sign up for our mailing list at confabulation.ca or check us out on social media where we're at confab stories confabulation the podcast is produced by our team dev van slet steven trepanier and me matt goldberg Special thanks to the Conseil des Arts de Montréal for their support of confabulation. We couldn't do it without you.